0: You are now listening to the Millennial Travel Podcast with Matt Wilson. What's up, podcast listeners? It's Matt coming to you after a brief hiatus to recharge and get the creative juices flowing again. I am excited because travel is back. I am enjoying summer up here in New England and uh, really having a blast. Uh, As you guys know, I got a little... A uh, little girl running around these days one year old and so that has been keeping my me occupied plus we're a little understaffed uh here under 30 experiences as we are experiencing the snap back of travel so pretty exciting stuff on the horizon but uh gotta get back to the content game especially as this fall is coming up and people are going to be you know back off their trip, starting to wonder what's coming up next, what do we do, Uh, how do we get by the fall and and winter. So anyhow, uh, I have a great conversation today with Jill Johnson, one of Under 30 Experiences trip leaders, and we go deep into conversation uh, just about all sorts of stuff, but really how you can stay mindful uh, not just while you're out traveling and seeing the world, but when you're at home, in your home city. Uh, how you can experience uh, or appreciate nature. And she just gives so many tips, great tips, and, and prompt it. <laughs> Because I asked. Uh, I really, you know, she's someone who a lot of her travelers come back and they say, Wow, you know, I'd like to be more like Jill. And so I asked her her secrets and how she got into traveling, her story. This is a shorter episode, but one that is really well worth your listen. So, anyway, guys, thanks so much. And uh, look forward to some more great content coming out soon. But people want to know about Jill, especially. I'm going to start it off right away with your love. For cows. Now, if you have been on a on Instagram, you may have seen Jill at Jill loves cows. So please, uh, this is this is my most burning question right now, Jill. What do you love so much about cows?
1: They are just—they're like giant dogs, almost. I mean, a lot of people don't know how silly and. Fun they can be, and I just like their wet noses. I mean, I could go on and on. They're just, they're like, I I don't know. I'm I'm that person that drives in the car and I'm like, oh my god, cows! Like, look at them. You know, I just, you know, I don't eat them. Um, I just, I think they're they're so peaceful and calm, and yet can be really silly too.
0: (laughs) So I had never knew these things about cows i have had enough experiences with cows mm, i don't know it basically as a, a tourist on eco lodges and farm uh farm to table places and where they show you the cow and um how to milk the cow and how they're you know they, most people right. can't see cows at a distance so when have you gotten so up and close, and personal with cows to know so much about them?
1: Possessing on Instagram, there's like cutest cow and all these accounts. And even when I started going um, vegetarian at first, I started learning more about the intelligence of cows and and I started just learning more about them. And then I, I just found them more and more fascinating. So I started looking at more pictures and just fell in love with them.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's that's great. Um, I, I'm glad to to hear that. And I'm assuming. Well, let me ask you. Let me not assume. You like to spend most of your time outdoors as opposed to indoors. Is that correct?
1: That is a very good assumption. Yes, that is
0: okay. Okay. So. Um, when, uh, I know I read in your bio that your parents just got you into the outdoors at a very young age. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear just more about wh- the types of things that you grew up doing. And um, if maybe if you, you said, okay, this is, these are the things that I did with my parents. Now I want to go out and uh, really explore the outdoors on my own. So if you could give us a, yeah, a little bit more about your, your history in the outdoors, uh, I'd love to hear
1: totally um yeah so my dad was definitely the bigger camper um so i went on you know camping trips when i didn't even know i was on camping trips but then by the time i was older um my dad would take us to the delaware water gap area a lot that's in the appalachian mountains on the east coast um and yeah we would camp we would wash our dishes in the in the river and um you know he'd send us on on trails. Um, He would, this is probably, um, you know, not the correct way to say it now, but they were called Indian walks, and basically he would make us, and I mean at a young age, um, he would make us walk about 10 minutes apart from each other, so he'd kind of like send my brother off, and then he'd send me off like five minutes behind him, and then my sister five minutes behind me, And then um, that way we were able to really like see nature and take it in. And um, it was just a way, I don't know, like I, I just remember that being such a significant thing, like learning how to stay quiet and that the quiet is what allows you to see the nature. And yeah, and my dad would like pick up leaves and he'd be like, what kind of a tree is this leaf from? And we'd be like a maple or, you know, and so that, that totally transferred into, I think, even the way that I guide now, I, I love, you know, pointing at a tree and saying, oh, look at this tree, you know, look at how different, especially, I'm sorry, I'm going off, but especially with like giant sequoias, how different their pine needles are from other trees. And yeah, I think, as time went on, you know, my dad loved showing us all those little bits of nature. And now I definitely find myself doing, doing that as I'm, as I'm taking people on these hikes and outdoors and such.
0: Beautiful. Well, I guess we have your dad to thank uh, for, yeah. yeah, a lot of these, our, our travelers have, have your dad to thank for, for a lot of these tidbits. Um, yeah, thanks, so that's, dad that's awesome. Um, So, okay. So when you're in nature, uh, I'd love to know what are some of the things that you pay attention to? And maybe if people are sitting at home and um, whether they've spent a lot of time in nature or not, like, what are they, what are you looking at? Or what do you think other people should be uh, sensing? Not just, I guess, with their eyes.
1: It's interesting. That's such a good question because I always, I always, Say to people especially when we're on hikes that I find myself tripping more than anyone else like I'm tripping over rocks and stuff because my head's just always on a swivel um I'm always looking for any you know nature birds the different trees um you know things to point out but I also just the sounds of the birds. I mean, especially in in forests where there are there isn't as much life. So, like um, any kind of sequoia grove is going to have less. But when you hear those birds, it's so loud and piercing because of the lack of ground coverage. Um, I love I love listening for that. Um, The smell. Oh my goodness. is like the best. If you walk out into Muir woods or any forest, just the overwhelming piney cedar smell. I mean, all the senses for sure. I am very into meditation and um, there's a really good book about walking meditation and just about being right where you are and nowhere else. And I find that I think that's why I love nature so much. As I'm able to be there, I don't think about like, oh man, I've got to get this done and I've got to do that. And when I'm just in nature and I'm in my forest, my home, or or maybe it's a desert or, you know, uh, a slot canyon, but I'm I'm there. And and I think yeah, I think that that's that's the beauty of it. Is it allows you to just Take in everything around you.
0: Wow, that's that's great, Jill. Do you have the name of that book? Because I would love to link this up for people when we publish the episode on the Under Thirty Experiences blog.
1: Yeah, I think it's Han. Let me see. Um, uh, see if I can find it. I'll
0: let you okay. know. Okay. Or yeah, and you can send it to me after. That's fine. But um, okay. he has some re- he has some really good books. That's uh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely a great Tat Nick Han. I I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, You're sounding good, but it's a Vietnamese name. He lives in plum plum Valley, I believe in France and uh, on a monastery, but, um, yeah, really, really good author. So if people are okay, if people are sitting at home and they're saying, well, I, that's great, but, I'm always busy on my cell phone and I work in an office and I live in, you know, New York City. And so when I go into nature, I I have trouble leaving all that behind. And I feel still distracted and wanting to check my phone, et cetera. Um, Are there things that people can do so they can become more aware while they're in nature? Because if you're not If you're not listening, you might just be wrapped up in your own head. So are there tips you might have for people who want to get more in tune and really find that appreciation that you certainly uh, seem to have found when you're in the outdoors?
1: Um, I think part of it is honestly finding it even when you're not in nature. So maybe it's, you know, I... It's definitely in my personality, but I I can be walking through the city and see a pigeon, and people think pigeons are like the the, the rats of the sky. But <laughs> I see a pigeon, and I'm like, wow, look at that! How beautiful its feathers are! And you know, there's there's pieces of nature everywhere, and even even so, this is this is one of my favorite things too. The cracks in the sidewalk where. Grass has grown, or or you know is exploding with life because it's been left untouched. And how it creeps into our life, like I I love those little moments. Um, as far as like going into nature and trying to leave it behind, I mean, I don't know. I think I think it has to be something you you want if you if you want to let it go. Try and you know maybe get as much done beforehand as you can, and then leave your phone behind. I mean, even on our tours, I tell people, I'm like, don't, you know, have your phone, take your pictures, but don't forget to use your eyes, and don't forget to, you know, realize where you are. It's not just, you know, for the photos. Um, Yeah, I think, I think it's important to see it to know that you don't, you don't necessarily have to go into nature to appreciate it. You can go to, you know, New York city, you can go to central park and, and see, and see a beautiful tree and the leaves blowing in the wind and, and that be enough. Just look up at the sky and the clouds and, and realize you're still on an earth with lots of trees. Yeah. The little things I think maybe to start with, I don't know. Well, that's,
0: (laughs) That, that's great perspective, um, because I know when I'm in New York, I feel like, oh, God, I can't wait to get out. There's no trees here. But yeah, that's that's a really um, positive, optimistic way to look at things. Yeah, that's 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 nice. I'm going to I'm going to start to uh, to incorporate that. I think that's that's a really good one. Um, Jill, do you have so I know that you. Uh, it says, it said in your bio, something about that that you enjoy stretching on a yoga mat. Um, and you also mentioned meditation. So I I would love to know uh, what got you into those things or maybe what type of uh, practice that you have. And um, because yeah, it just seems that you're again your your practice uh, on the mat or you know, s- seated uh that really seems to spill over into your life in the outdoors. And, um, yeah, would love to just know a little bit more about your practice.
1: For sure. Um so that would be Mama Johnson. My mom took my sister, and I, I'm the youngest of three. Um, she took my sister and Ida yoga, I think maybe the first time when I was like 11 and back then, I, I say back then, but I mean, wow, that was like 22 years ago. Um, uh, Yeah, back then it was very much just kind of stretching, really slow and just stretchy. And I remember uh, this guided meditation, she would put us on like in a bubble floating. I was like, this is cool. And I always felt so good after. Um, and i really got more into it i would say once I was like 20 and then I got my yoga certification i went to Thailand and got that um, two years ago so i'm officially a yoga teacher um but i don't i don't teach teach i i enjoy taking classes more um but uh yeah and i you know i try to I try to practice every day but you know that doesn't happen and and that's part of yoga is understanding that you know you can always come back to it and not to um get down on yourself when you don't it's always there
0: that's that's great and uh, i guess to kind of close the loop and <laughs> we don't have to talk about uh yoga and meditation the the whole time here but just to close the loop back to what you said about walking meditation and that Thich Nhat Hanh book that you read. Um, so if you don't get a chance to practice on your mat, right, you, you don't have to put on yoga pants to be practicing uh, some of these techniques. So I, I mean, I guess just noticing grass in the between the sidewalk uh, could really be a form of meditation. Uh, form of of yoga right yoga is not the physical asanas that you see uh in a yoga studio that's just really one part of it so would you have anything for people who they're like oh man i live this stressful lifestyle modern lifestyle i i I, i'm just like deal i can't practice every day but um do you have any tips for people who can't make it to the mat or to the yoga studio
1: Oh, totally. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Yoga is not the asanas; it's the, the it's not the movements. It's it's the mind, really. And if you can be even sitting at your office um, and take in six deep breaths of you know air and let them out nice and slowly, and just kind of take in where you are that that little piece do that once a day to start and that little it's just going to make you feel better right away and then yeah anywhere in your daily life just taking a couple seconds a couple seconds not even a minute you can start with a couple seconds of saying wow this is where I am right now and really taking and realizing where you are um, in the world you know this this space that you're holding um is again just a really kind of humbling and um compassionate place of being you know it's it just it just helps you center yourself and and realize you know kind of how unimportant you are but also how grand and amazing you are at the same time um yeah deep breaths and just you know and then if, if you can increase it a little bit more every day, then that's great. And if not, if all you get is that six breaths, then that's, that's fine too. Wow.
0: That's great. I like how you said, I think you said, I'm writing it down actually, uh, how, how unimportant you are, but also how, uh, I think you said beautiful and maybe you said grandiose. Now I might just be making things up um, and, yeah. that, that you are. Yeah. Uh, that, no, that's, that's really good. Um, yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that, Jill. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit more about your travels. So you uh, used to go on these walks uh, with your dad and you had this mom who brought you to yoga at a very young age, especially uh, 20 years ago. It was very young uh, um, or it was very uncommon. And <laughs> um, Tell me, yeah, tell me more about when you started uh, traveling, maybe, let's say as a, uh, as a solo traveler.
1: So, um, as I, as I got older, um, you know, those things kind of fall away because, you know, your friends want to drink and they want to party. And I found myself really kind of running away to the forest. Um, it would be my escape. Like I, you know, I did those things in college and high school, but I oh, I never had friends that really wanted to go to the forest and go for a hike or, or camping. Right. So I found myself doing that alone often. And so. I would uh, gather my things and head for the forest. Um, And I did a lot of United States stuff um, in the beginning um, until I moved to California. And then, um, well, then when I I came out here, um, I think Half Dome kind of changed my life. Um, My dad had done Half Dome and I was like, I'm gonna do it. Um, Half Dome, if you don't know, is this massive um, mountain in Yosemite National Park, Um, and you kind of need cables to get up it, you have to get a permit, Um, anybody can do it, I encourage you to try, Um, it's a full day hike, it's not an overnight, but you can make it, but that kind of shifted my gear into like, I really, I want to do this more, this feels good, and Yeah, then I started traveling more. I kind of I went to uh Panama and got the travel bug that was in Bocas del Toro. And then yeah, I started, you know, it all it it all kind of happened together. I started backpacking more by myself. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of um the Pacific Northwest by myself and then I um yeah I got the travel bug I just I wanted to see more places and and experience more cultures I think once you once you start seeing the way that other people live and you you get to know their cultures you really you're like oh I need more you know I want to I want to see more I want to do more so yeah I think that's where it started a lot of Baja I went to I was in southern California. So, I went down to Baja quite a bit and um that too was just, you know, eye-opening. Just across the border and what a different world it is um so close, you know.
0: Wow, that that's great. Uh there is a this is way back in the the podcast archives at this point, but um to his, the guy's name is Joe Kay. And he founded a, a really iconic surf brand um, that they eventually sold to Nike, Her, Hurley. And I, I'm pretty sure oh Billabong also, but he talks about how, you know, obviously super wealthy guy and, you know, incredibly successful. And he said, he just sits and reminisces all the time about his days when he had no money and a Volkswagen bug and we would just go down surfing in Baja California and he they said he took um what he said sponge baths and yeah. you know they would get sick down there and he said there was just nothing better than those those days. And uh, now it's someone who you would look at and say, Oh my God, he has, he has everything. But, um, you know, those, those were the days as they, as they say,
1: it's awesome. And I think that's a common misconception. I mean, a lot of people are like, how do you afford to travel? It's like, you know, you don't need a ton of money of course there are expensive countries to go to, but if you, I mean, I listened to your, um, you're your, no i read your whole book you know and it's just that it, it's so you know every page i was just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you can do it there are affordable ways to do it you don't have to be a millionaire and those are the best for me just the best ways to really experience things you know if you're sitting in a five-star hotel in some other country you're not going to see all the you know the gritty and the way that the people really live.
0: No, that's great. Well, first of all, thank you, Jill. I I didn't know that you read my book, but I'm uh, I'm honored. And uh, yeah, yes, cover for... to cover. Wow, that's great. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's uh, that means a a lot. And. Um, geez yeah I'm just I'm just thinking so okay so Baja and you and then you went to Thailand to, uh, to do your yoga teacher training uh, it it sounded like and yeah would love to hear about your experience in Southeast Asia a little bit
1: yeah so um I spent about three months in in Asia I started in on a little island called Koh Phangan. um It's, you know, this mystical island that's made of, like, rose quartz and just, you know, magical hippies everywhere. Um, Got my training there. It was was amazing. I would recommend it for anybody who, um, you know, wanted to get their uh, yoga teacher training. I went to a place called Sama Karuna, and it was amazing and beautiful. I made friends that I will have... For the rest of my life, I met teachers that have just, you know, opened my eyes to so much. Um, yeah, and then I made my way around Thailand. I went up to um, a big city called Chiang Mai, medium city. Um, I bopped around some other cities, um, and then I went on over to Laos. Um, uh, took the long boat there, or the slow boat there. This like oh, amazing yeah. boat that goes down the river. You know, I think a lot of of um tourists do it, but it's a two day trip down the Mekong River. Yeah, um, and you end up in Lao at the end in Wang Prabang hung out there for a couple weeks and then made my way over to Vietnam. This is a pretty, you know, shortened version, but then I bopped around Vietnam. Um, my brother actually flew out and met me there, which was just incredible. So amazing to spend the time with him. He's my, he's my other travel partner in crime.
0: Wow. Um,
1: yeah. And Southeast Asia is a great, a great place to start for people, you know, wanting to travel because it's just it's built for tourists.
0: That's great! Uh, wow, look, Lo Now I'm not going to say it right, Luang okay. Prabang. <laughs> Prabang. There we go. Um, that is on my list of places to go. Yeah, especially from, from Chiang Mai. Last time I was up there, I did not get a chance to, to go there. I would, I would love to uh, get to that area, to that region of the world again, soon. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, I things know, will be. Hopefully. I, I mean, I know it is right. Um, yeah, coming up. Uh, Phuket is going to open, have their own travel bubble, and soon Thailand will be open, um, most likely this fall, but Jill, you don't sit, it doesn't sound like you sit still very often Well, maybe practicing stillness in your, one of your practices, right, but Uh, you get out there and you have a lot of plans Uh, I'm I can only imagine for the summer and um, I believe you'll be on some under 30 experiences trips coming up so I just before we wrap up I just wanted to ask what your summer plans look like and um if you're gonna be, I I don't actually know off the top of my head, but if you're gonna be on any under thirty experiences trips uh, where people could go and hang out with you,
1: yeah. Um. So summer for me is is lots and lots of work, which it's a good thing. I love my job. Um. Uh. So I will be just you know working a lot. I have an under thirty trip in three days on Thursday. I'll be taking a group to Yosemite, which is my heart outside of my body um and then yeah I I don't know if you know what what other trips I'm on but I'm I'm sure I'll be running some more um trips this summer for under 30. Great
0: great do you know uh, do you know where you'll be working a lot in Yosemite or any other places around the country or maybe you don't have your your schedule yet?
1: Um, So yeah, we don't book that. Well, we don't, they don't tell me that far ahead. Um, I do know under 30 is going to be going to, um, uh, I think there's a a Tetons and Yellowstone trip. There's some Acadia trips. There's a Smoky Mountain trip um yeah I want to be on all of them
0: (laughs) all right I I hope you are I'm going to be pulling for you Jill especially after our our conversation so um we will we will try our best to to coordinate and uh Jill yeah if if people want to um reach out to you or just keep in touch uh where's the best uh best place to find you
1: um (laughs) Uh, yeah so instagram is a good place i delete it every now and then just so i can like re center back you know to myself and i always end up reading like 10 books whenever i delete it um but jill loves cows um on instagram and then you know email that's J 616 at gmail i
0: don't know yeah Great. Great. Well, Jill, this is awesome. Good for you for deleting Instagram once in a while. I think everybody <laughs> dreams of, of that. And uh, yeah, so awesome to talk to you today. I'm, I'm sure everybody else has been enjoying listening in. And uh, yeah, thanks again.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much.
0: It's been great.